love those around us. Father, we are truly grateful for the relationship we have with you. Bless you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Amen. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. It's great to see everybody here in the room with me this morning. And those of you who are joining us online, thank you for, for tuning in. If you're new to Life Church, my name is Lauren, and I have the privilege of being the executive pastor here on staff at Life Church Buffalo. And today is a great honor for me to be able to bring the message of God to you. I wish it was under different circumstances. I wish I could sit here and, and say to you that our lead pastor was out on a vacation with his family. I wish that he, he just needed the time off and was sitting here in the audience with us. Uh, unfortunately, Pastor Pete is continuing to recover from two surgeries over the last couple of weeks and had the opportunity to visit with him yesterday and, and just uh, pray with him. And man, I, I just love seeing how his face lit up as he thought about you, as he was so grateful for the outpouring of love and support all over social media and just knowing so many people are praying and, uh, and fasting for him. We trust God. We know God is the way maker and he's up to something in Pastor Pete's life. And uh, so we trust him. Continue to pray as he continues to recover. You know, sometimes it's a couple of steps forward and, and then sometimes another step back. But we have complete confidence and trust. So keep praying for Pastor Pete. Pray for Kelly as she's standing there supporting him every minute of the way. And, and of course, for Sammy and Isaac, who just, they just want their dad to be healthy and back home with them. So uh, continue to pray for our lead pastor, please. You know, so I, I was preparing for the message today, and this is week number three of a series that we've called um, Money, God's Way. And, you know, God is our Father. Okay, so we can lean into the trust that we know that our Father loves us, and so all the things that he calls us to do, we can... We can take confidence in that. And I was thinking about myself as a father, you know, the, the pride that I have for the three daughters that I, I get to call my daughters, that I'm their father, Jenna, Ashley, and Avery, and uh, the, the good that I want for them. You know, I was thinking about as a family how much we enjoy uh, our vacation times together. Every summer we go back to Maine and we have a week at a lake called Scudic, and it's just relaxing. And we have other family members that are at Old Orchard Beach on the coast of Maine, so we visit them sometimes. It seems like every time we go on vacation, there's water involved, and it's a good thing that my daughters enjoy water uh, because it seems to be that that's the place that we go to relax. But you know, as, a, as their dad, it's on me to make sure that they are safe and that they are able to enjoy the water safely, you know? on the razor edge of dis disaster without dying. I mean, that's where the fun is for me, right? No, I, I'm a thrill seeker myself, but when it comes to my girls, I want to be as protective and, and keep them as safe as possible. And of course, Janie's involved with that as well. And <laughs> I, I had an idea that I was going to draw a reference to like a Baywatch scene or something, you know? And, uh, you know, the whole, the whole slow motion running down the beach. And, and Janie was like opposed to any, rec you know, any reference to her and the Baywatch girls. And, and I'm, I'm, clearly, I'm clearly not a David Hasselhoff, so, so I'm not going to make that reference, although I just did, technically. <laughs> But it's important for our, our girls to be safe. And so we, we, we would put guidelines in place. And you know, I remembered the very first 
real family vacation that we had. Uh, Janie and I were really, and I say real, the, the time we got away just to ourselves without visiting family. And uh, Janie and I were married maybe four years. Um, and Jenna was like 16 months old. We had a friend who had a condo on the beach in Wildwood, New Jersey. And, and it was an awesome location. We just had so much fun just and relaxing and getting away and they had a pool there and so in preparation for that Janie bought this inflatable ring okay Jenna's 16 uh, 16 months sorry and uh, <laughs> right never mind that's a visual isn't it <laughs> we're overprotective <laughs> some, for some reason Jenna refused to get in that ring when she was 16 I don't know why but even at 16 months she resisted it and then it's, it's interesting because she was always a go along to get along kid even from a very young age but uh, you know how you take your kids to the pool and you let their feet kick in the water right and maybe dip them in a little bit more and a little bit more but we wanted to be able to relax and have fun in the pool and Janie thought this inflatable ring will put her inside that and then she can feel like she's swimming with us and we can relax there was a little umbrella and everything <laughs> the minute I tried to put her in that thing she wouldn't have it. She resisted. She pushed away. She like, you'd think I was torturing her the way that she was acting. She just didn't want to have anything to do with that ring. And I, she wanted to get out of it into the four feet of water. And she had no idea what she was trying to do. But as her dad, I'm like, sweetheart, I love you. I, I just want to enjoy you. If you'll just relax, stop resisting me. This could be really fun. You know, you can act like a, a big girl swimming with mom and dad. And she didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I was thinking about that as I was preparing for this message because as Christians, sometimes we talk about things that are in God's word and we just like stiff arm them, you know? And we push back and we resist. And we forget that he's our loving father who wants only the best for us. And when it, when it comes to finances and money God's way, this is one of those topics that falls in that category that's easy for us to just push back on. But God is saying like, Please don't resist me. I love you. I want what is best for you. In this series, Money God's Way, we're addressing how that God really is just allowing us to steward money. He's providing resources for us and he's waiting to see how we're going to, to handle it. And see, what he's really after is our heart. He wants to discover our heart and he wants our heart to come in alignment with his will. That's what tithing, generosity, offerings, it's what it's all about. I mean, he wants to, to bring us into freedom financially, but we have to recognize that every resource we have came from him and that everything he asks us to do with that is for our best. That's what God's after. He's not after our money. He doesn't need our money. He's God. He has everything. But what he wants... He wants our hearts. He has given us, in money especially, the opportunity to trust him, but we also have the opportunity to resist him. And that is our choice. The decision is ours. I wanted to quickly look at the book of Malachi. Um, Malachi was a prophet, and God gave him a message for the people of Israel. And you have to understand that at this time, it was like 500 years before Jesus, and, and the Israelites were really rebellious at this point. They'd become complacent. The, the priests were corrupt. They were taking advantage of the poor. Uh, they'd stopped bringing their tithes and their offerings. 
And God was about to address this. But here's the thing. You would think of all the things that they're doing against him. Boy, he must be angry. He's just going to hammer them. But the first thing God did. In verse 2, he says this to them. I have always loved you. He's about ready to just call them out on all their bad behavior, all their sin, but he wants them to know that he has always loved them. And their bad behavior, their sinfulness really shows that they'd forgotten his love. They had forgotten because they didn't have a heart of gratitude. The people of Israel who had received God's mercy, received his, his laws, his blessings, they were like, what do you mean you love us? And God says, I have always loved you. And he had to remind them of that. And I want to remind us of that as well. That today, God's message for us is that he has always loved us. When we were still sinners, we didn't have any idea of, of a loving God. We did things that we wanted to do. And maybe, maybe we did some, some hidden things that other people would have found you know, repulsive, but we did them, not thinking anybody knew about them, but we carried that shame around. And through all of that, God loved us. And he still loves us. And if there's anything that I say, if, if you dismiss absolutely everything from this point forward, that's the one thing I hope you take home with you today. Let it land in your heart and in your soul that God loves us. The point is that he can't... See, I want to make sure we're talking about money. In no way should you say, well, I must have to give in order to receive God's love. We can't impact God's love for us. He has always loved us. He can't love us any more. He can't love us any less than he already does. Okay? So we're not giving in order to, to get God's love. That's important that we understand that. But as we talk about money, remember too that God is our father. That he does care for us. That he loves us. That's what he said, I love you. And so sometimes, you know, as we address money, it can feel scary. I want you to know it's, it's serious and it carries this serious blessing as we, we do what God has asked us to do. But anything God asks of us should never create fear because we know who he is and that his heart is for us. So it's important for us to drive that home. God loves us. He's our father and he's God. Don't forget that he's God that whatever he asks of us, he deserves. Of all that he has done for us, how could we hold back and resist? It's important for us to just remember that he deserves to be honored in every respect, in all areas of our life, for what he has done for us, for his goodness that he's given us, and just for the mere fact that he is God. So keep that in mind as we jump into week number three of Money God's Way. And I'd like to start by sharing with you uh, from the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Today's message title, the series is, is called Money God's Way, but today's message title is What Can God Do Through You? And as we read in 2 Corinthians, Paul is writing this letter. He says, now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. They're being tested by many troubles and they're very poor, but... They're also filled with abundant joy, which is overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. 
They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They even did more than we had hoped for. But their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. So we've urged Titus, we encouraged, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. Since you excel in so many ways in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I'm not commanding you to do this, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it to the eagerness of the other churches. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. Here's my advice. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed in the beginning be matched now by your giving. Give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly. And give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Of course, I don't mean your giving should make life easier for others and hard for yourselves. I only mean that there should be some equality. Right now you have plenty and can help those who are in need. Later they will have plenty and can share with you when you need it. In this way, things will be equal. As the scripture says, those who gathered a lot had nothing left over. And those who gathered only a little had enough. I know that's a lot more scripture than we generally will read, but that story is compelling to me. Paul's talking to the Corinthians about giving. Now, they had obviously been generous. They discovered this, this need in Jerusalem. And so a year earlier, they were all gung-ho, ready to support it. And he's just coming back to them and saying, look, I know you're, you're supporting your own church, but there's still a need in Jerusalem. And I'm going to encourage you, he said, not commanding you, but I'm just telling you, here's an opportunity. Will you take it? Will you say yes to helping other believers? And he said, also, by the way, I'm not just asking you to do this, but you know, the Macedonian church, they're really poor and they are struggling. They're being, you know, they're being confronted with all, all types of things. But he says, but they have been giving joyfully, sacrificially, and voluntarily. You know, I think it's important for us. Sometimes we think that generosity is left to those with wealth. We see these um, banquets and, and fundraisers where there's $10,000 a plate. And so we watch the Washington elite attend or, or the superstars of Hollywood. And maybe in our minds, we think that, you know, if I could just strike a deal on Shark Tank, if I could hit the lotto, right, then I too will be generous. But the fact is that generosity is not determined by how much money you have in your bank account or how much you've squirreled away in that shoebox in your closet. It's all about our heart. It's a reflection of the gratitude that we have towards God that directly impacts our ability to be generous. The Macedonians begged again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. They begged for it. I mean, around here, we'll say this quite often. It's not about what do we have to give, 
but we say, what can we give? What do we get to give? And anytime Life Church Buffalo presents to you an opportunity to give financially, I want you to know, leaders go first around here. And before you hear about the need, your pastors, the leaders, the staff have already begun to take it to God and say, God, on what level do you want us to be involved? And, and it's because we know about the blessing. We are desperate for opportunities. We see a need. We want to be like the Macedonians. Please let us give to help because of what God has done for us. I want to give because it honors God. And there are times, sometimes it feels maybe like a stretch, maybe a sacrifice. I was thinking, you know, the, the second round of, of legacy, Janie and I made a commitment to, to pledge um, towards the, the legacy fund. And it was a stretch for our budget. And it was going to impact our ability to save. But it was what we felt God called us to do. And so we were determined to honor it. And you know, just a few months into it, God provided the resources to provide for that pledge that we had made. Something that we expected to take 12 months to pay for, but God said, look, you're supporting my cause. I'm going to bless you. We were, we were going to sacrifice and do it, whatever it took. But uh, God sometimes says, well, that's okay. I see your heart. I know your willingness. I'm going to bless you. God always takes care of the things that when we're taking care of his things. We have to make room for his blessing, though. We have to make room for his blessing. We have to get behind the causes that God supports. Do you realize that God has causes that he endorses, things that, that he's in full support of? Let's look at a few. Here's something that God really loves. He loves when we give to the poor. God loves when we give in a way that helps to take care of the needs of the poor. That's something that God is passionate about. He, he, he mentions it in the Old Testament and the New Testament. In the Old Testament, he told them, when you're harvesting your crops, he says, leave that corner of the field alone. Don't even harvest over there. Leave that for the poor. If there's some fruit that falls in the process of you harvesting, leave it on the ground. Leave the sheaves. Make sure that there's something left over for the poor to come and receive and be taken care of. In the New Testament, he tells us over and over again, take care of the poor, specifically orphans and widows. We're to take care of immigrants and those that are hungry. Scripture after scripture talks about it. Proverbs 19:17 says this about taking care of the poor. He says, whoever is generous to the poor lends to the Lord and he will repay him for his deed. This tells me that God is passionate about taking care of the poor because God says it's like lending to me and I'm gonna pay you back. I mean, giving to the poor is a win-win scenario. I, I get to bless somebody and then in return I receive God's blessing. It's pretty easy to say yes to something like that. And in the Life Church, a lot of our community outreach through Serve Day and other events that we have go to help the poor, either directly or indirectly. As, Pastor, as Rich mentioned earlier, he, you know, we donate to the local food bank. We want to make sure that we're able to, to help some families with receiving a, a warm meal in their need. There are organizations that are so well equipped and they're already taking good care of things and we just want to come alongside them and make sure that they have the resources necessary. We like to come and partner with the city mission you know, a couple of times a year. They do a tremendous job of feeding and, and clothing, providing shelter for the homeless, people who just don't have any other option. I love that we get 
to be a part of that because God wants us to come alongside those that are honoring him. God loves when we give to one another. Most of the scripture in the early church talks about them taking care of the needs of the people within their family. They sold what they had and they used the proceeds to, to provide for everyone else. Life Church has a benevolence fund and we want to make sure that those resources are there for the people of this family when they're in need. And there's a, there's a process, you know, there's an opportunity for them to communicate what the need is and we can assess it. Sometimes one, there's an emergency and we just can give one financial gift and that will take care of it. Sometimes you look at the situation and it really requires a little more than that. Maybe they need to be coached through the budgeting process because we don't want them to experience the same thing three months later. But what we want to do is to make sure that we're taking care of the needs of our people in this church. I love being part of a, a family, a church family like this that has my back, that we take care of one another. The other thing that God really gets behind, and this is probably the biggest thing, this is the reason that we, we exist. This is the reason that it ties and offerings are so important here in the church. It's because God is most passionate about ministry that reaches the lost. He loves seeing the church build and expand in such a way that it reaches people that, that don't know him. And if you've been around Life Church for more than a day, you know that's the heartbeat of this place. We are desperate to make sure that people who don't know him come to know him and get to follow him step by step. If they don't know God, we want them to discover him. If they do know God, we want them to be able to continue on their journey. That, that drives every decision that we make here. It's the heartbeat of our lead pastor. It's, it's the reason that we decide to do what we do. It's the reason we have kids' life and small group. Is what we do here on Sunday. Everything that we do, our outreach, it's all in order for people to come and know Jesus and follow him step by step. And that's why it's so important that we give to the church because the church is, is the greatest soul-saving organization in history. Jesus didn't come to provide clean water for everyone. He said, I, I came to build my church and to supply living water to thirsty souls so that they would never thirst again. So God loves to see the church build and expand in order to reach people. Remember when we announced the, that we were going to launch this building a couple of years ago, God got excited about that. I'm certain he did, not because of seeing this facility that we would be able to worship in, because this thing is going to be destroyed eventually. He was passionate and excited about us growing and expanding because of the lives that would come in here and, and experience Jesus and be transformed. That's the goal, the ultimate goal for us to, to give. The radical generosity of the, the early church wasn't to eradicate world hunger. But what God wanted to see in them was, and what he did in them was he added to their number daily. He continued to grow. That's why we exist. We want to add people to the family of God. We want them to be set free from their sin and experience eternal life with God. That's the mission of the church, to add to the family. And he works through our giving. Last week we were talking about tithing, and I know... We can bristle at that. 
And uh, it may be we need to have further discussions because I know that there are some people that still are not comfortable with the, the term tithing. And I just want to say that um, in my own personal life, I've seen, you know, obedience in tithing. I've lived my life without tithing, and I know what I did with my money, and I, and I actually don't know what I did with it because it just disappeared. And I know what my life is like now when I do tithe and the blessing that I experience because of it. And so when I get passionate about it and I talk to you, my encouragement is for you. It's not for the church. It's for what I know that I have experienced in myself, and it's what I want for you as well. And I know it's what God wants for you too, the blessing that comes from obedience. But today, we're not talking about tithing so much. We're talking more about offerings. That's what Paul was bringing to the Corinthians. He said, here's an opportunity. I know you're supporting your church, but here's another opportunity where you can give to this church so that we can further the ministry in another area. Now, the simple answer of the distinction between tithing and offering is that tithing is, is something that we owe to God. It belongs to God. It's the first 10% of our increase. And it's, that's what it is. It's set in stone and established. But an offering, you have options. You have choices. You can look for other ministries that you want to feed into, that you want to bless because they've been a blessing to you or you like what they're a part of. That's what an offering is. An offering is above and beyond the tithe. And I know some of you are struggling. We're still, we're still kind of hung up on the tithe thing. And now now you're talking about offerings, and is that all this is about? And, and, and it's so important to me to communicate that I would never want to say anything that would manipulate or encourage you to do something because of what I said. My heart, my goal, and, and I know Pastor Pete's as well, is that you, be, you become aware of what God is saying, that you let him challenge you, and then you respond to him accordingly. Because Paul also says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 that, you must decide in your own heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly, but also don't give in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. We never want to pressure anybody to give. Everything that we are called to do, God is making provision for. We're asking you if you want to be a part. Be a part of what God is doing and, and get to experience the miracle that God does through this place. As the Holy Spirit leads us, we can give generously. He'll prompt us, we'll ask God, he'll drop a number in our, and, and he says, now be faithful. What I have told you to do, if you ask me and God tells you what to give, then just be faithful to do that. If you made a pledge in, in one of the legacies and, and you haven't fulfilled it, find a way to, to fulfill that, just to honor your commitment to God. Not for us, God's gonna provide for everything that we have need of. But we're encouraging you, still be generous, Paul says. See, one thing you need to know is that tithing demonstrates faithfulness. But an offering, that's where generosity actually is revealed. Tithing is not about being generous. Tithing is about being obedient. An offering shows generosity. We're only here, each one of us. We're in this place because of Jesus, who gave absolutely everything. So if it starts to feel like you know, a tithe and an offering, man, what else do you want? Am I gonna have anything left over? Well, just realize the sacrifice that Jesus made. He gave everything for us to be here. And that's what Paul says to the Corinthians. He says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. You see, Jesus was in the throne room of heaven, 
and he was seated at the right hand of the Father, and he chose to come to earth as a man and take on flesh. He wasn't born in a palace. He lived a, a life of poverty, all to set us free from sin and to allow us to escape eternity separated from God. Jesus did that for us because he loved us. He loves us. The example of Jesus is, is genuine love. And it manifests in, in generosity because God said he loves us and then he sent Jesus. And Jesus demonstrates the love of God. Jesus is the manifestation of God's love for us. He proclaimed his love for us and he gave us everything. And so if we're following Jesus, we're gonna become more like Jesus, we have to give everything. If you're not a giver, I wanna challenge you, become a giver. Follow Jesus in this thing. And if you are a giver, here are some things that I know that you have already realized as a result of your obedience. One, this is something that every, every giver knows, that first of all, giving is a test. When it comes to tithing, God says, test me in this. Test me and see if I don't open up the windows of heaven for you. And then when that happens, he's gonna test you again. He's testing to see if you're gonna continue to be faithful. Are you gonna continue to, to give when it's easy? Or will you trust him even when things get tough? Maybe you lose your position at, at work. Are you gonna be faithful? Will you continue to be joyful and, and willing to give and generously with a, grat a grateful heart? And as you're blessed and you, you see God blessing you, will you continue to be generous? Will you continue to give no matter what? Will you prioritize God in your life? Make him first. The second thing a giver knows is that you can't outgive God. There's no way that you can give beyond what God will bless you. Some of you are trying to figure out exactly what is the least amount that I can do to get by without robbing God, right? Do I, do I tithe on the, the net or the gross of my income? What can I do? What's the minimum that I can do and still honor the tithe? But, you know, if you're trying to figure that out, you, you've missed the reality of God's principle and understanding that when you give, he returns a blessing. That you don't have to worry about what is the minimum that I can give. You're gonna be worried about how much can I possibly give because we wanna see God's blessing in our lives. We never give to get, but it happens. It's just, it's a part of who God is. You know, it says in 2 Corinthians, remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your own heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure, for God loves a person who gives cheerfully. We read that earlier, but then we didn't read this part, that God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. God uses this analogy of sowing and reaping. He's helping us to see spiritual laws from a, a natural law premise. They both work on the principle of multiplication. You know, if you planted an apple seed in the ground, you're not expecting to get an apple. You're expecting to get a tree which will then bear hundreds of apples. That's the way God's principles work in giving as well. Reluctant givers may be trying to figure out what's the minimum that I can give, but a cheerful giver can't wait to give as much as possible. 
because you can't wait to receive the blessing of God. And blessings follow faith. That's the third thing that givers know. It takes faith to plant seeds in the ground. We, we believe that the harvest that somebody else experienced is the same harvest that I can expect, but we don't know for sure. It takes faith to believe for that. And it takes faith to give to God when you're not always certain that you have the, the means. You're not going to be able to give to God. There, there are a lot of people saying, when I'm blessed, I'm going to give to God. When, I, when I've achieved a, a certain goal or if I reach this plateau in my, my career, then I can be giving. Can I tell you that you're going to wait a long time to be blessed because blessing doesn't come prior to faith. Faith precedes blessing. It was by faith that Moses held out his hand and the Red Sea was parted. It was by faith that Joshua marched around the city and then the walls fell down. David stood in front of Goliath and by faith God gave him the victory in battle. We accepted Jesus by faith and then in return we have forgiveness of sin. We have life with him. We have the Holy Spirit inside us. He opens our eyes to truth. We have eternal life ahead of us. Blessings don't come before faith. We can't see a generous crop without planting seeds. And we have to plant generously. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. And in the same way, he'll provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous. It says that you will be enriched in every way for the purpose of generosity. God loves it when we're generous. He says, you can't outgive me. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you more than you have need of. And, and you don't have more than you have need of in, in order to go buy things that you don't need. You have more than you have need of so you can help provide the need for somebody else. He wants to work through us and he, he's asking us to partner with him with our finances, to trust him so that we can be a part of the miracle that, that he's working. We do it all through giving, and through serving him. But he can only work through us if we make room for that, if we make ourselves available. Have you made yourself available for God to work through you? He's gonna get the glory no matter what, and everything he wants to have accomplished will be accomplished. He's just saying, would you like to be a part of that? Do you wanna receive my blessing as, as a result of saying yes? So I'm grateful for this church because we do have a number of generous people. So grateful for the things that, the people that are here that God has put into your hands so that you could keep this ministry going forward and we're reaching souls in this community. You know, there's a, a stat that I, I read that um, only about 20 to 25% of Christians tithe. And putting aside whether you believe in the tithe or not. Imagine all that is being accomplished with only 20% or 25% of the resources. Imagine what God would do in this place if that number was 50 or 60 or 
80% tithing. Not for us, but for him and for them who have yet to come into a place of knowing him. So if you're looking for reasons to give, get behind the causes of God so you can feel good about what you're supporting. And these are the three that we talked about. Provide for the poor. You can do that through this place, but you can also do that on your own. If you're downtown and you see somebody who needs something, they're homeless, listen, can I just challenge you? Stop saying, ah, I don't dare, don't, I don't dare give them $20. They might go buy alcohol or they might go get drugs. Or they might, listen, that person needs to know that somebody cares and you don't know that they might not take that $20 and get food. So God doesn't say to dictate how they're gonna use the money. He says, if you see a need, provide for them. Don't step over. Be, if you see the Good Samaritan, don't walk around him. I mean, you're a Good Samaritan. I got my, my people mixed up. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> There's somebody on the side of the road that needs your help. Don't walk by them. Be the Good Samaritan. Meet their need. Care for the widows and the orphans. Care for one another. Provide resources to your local church to help care for the needs of this place. Provide for the ministry of this church so that we can reach people who yet don't know God. I want you to experience God's blessing firsthand. It's awesome to be used for his glory. Open your hands. Let him work through you. The more that you give away, the more he's going to give you so you can continue to be that conduit. And he's going to use you if you're obedient and if you're faithful. Father, thank you so much. for giving everything, absolutely everything that it took for us to come into relationship with you. You loved us so much. You moved heaven and earth to make it possible. God, let us not ever get so comfortable in our own walk, in our own faith that we forget and that we don't carry the heart of gratitude that drives us into being generous and obedient. God, in our hearts, if we're holding back anything, help us to identify those areas and, and to, to give them to you, to, to bring them into an alignment with you. Thank you for your mercy with us, that as you draw our attention to those areas, you're not beating us up, but you're just lovingly calling us into obedience. Help us to say yes to you and to the causes that you support. God, let everything that, that happens in this place truly be decided based on the greatest impact for your kingdom. God, so that anybody who, who does contribute to Life Church Buffalo, they could feel confident that it is going to support your will and your work. Open our eyes to even greater opportunities that we, maybe we pass them every day and we don't even see the opportunities. Help us to see areas that we could continue to, to minister to people that we're, we're missing. Thank you for calling us into this place. Thank you for loving us into relationship. And thank you for allowing us to partner with you so that other people can come into a place of hope. They can receive your peace and all that comes with relationship with you. God, before I close today, 
as a, as a group. But we pray for our lead pastor. Thank you for the leadership that you have placed in that man to lead this family. Thank you for his heart for the lost, the calling that's on his life. God, we know, we know the calling that you have on him continues to grow and the impact that he will have will continue. God, we're not fearful. We're not afraid of anything. We're confident in you. But right now we're just agreeing in prayer that you will provide recovery in his body, that his body would begin to heal the way that you've designed it to heal. God, we pray for you to lift up his spirit, that you encourage his soul. God, that the same spirit, your same spirit, the presence that we feel here right now would just flood that hospital room right now. You build his confidence. Thank you for the faith to believe for the things that we cannot see. And God, we have every faith and confidence in you. So thank you for healing our pastor. Thank you for bringing him to complete health and complete recovery. We pray for Kelly. Pray that you'd lift her up, encourage her, strengthen her. We pray for those precious boys, that you give them peace. Bring that family home together again soon. In Jesus' name, amen. Church, thank you for agreeing with me today. As our guest services people go to take their places, I just want to continue to remind you, uh, pray for our lead pastor, and um, thank you so much for, for your continued support. I mean, hopefully nothing in this message indicates that I think that, you know, that we, we are questioning your heart. I mean, God just places the truth here, and we present it to you, and we know that God will, will use what we've talked about today to challenge you, to encourage you, to bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. Thanks so much.